Hello everyone, I'm Dr. Michael Foley, and this is Inspire, Empower, and Enable, Life Lessons from the Dojo. Inspire, Empower, and Enable, Life Lessons from the Dojo is sponsored by the Center for Humane Living in Phoenix, Arizona, which has as its vision to inspire all people to live peaceful and compassionate lives. My goal is to incorporate ancient wisdom acquired from a lifelong study of martial arts, formal business leadership and coaching training, and my life experiences as a maternal fetal medicine physician, husband, and father of three to explore strategies for living a happy and fulfilled life. My approach is to use eclectic storytelling to help with the discovery of universal truths that may be applicable to your life. Don't believe anything I say, however. Seek to discover it all for yourself. Let's get started with today's topic. Today's episode is getting ready for that really tough conversation, starting with yourself. I think we've been all in difficult situations before where we're asked to, to trust someone's opinion about what happened with someone else and, or another situation, and we're asked upon to solve it. We're asked to actually have a difficult conversation with someone else. And how do we get ourselves ready for that difficult conversation? And what does it really mean to have a conversation that matters? Well, certainly conversations that matter, the ones that are difficult and crucial, well, we certainly know that they're emotionally charged. There's often differences of opinion, and it's really important to come out with a clear solution at some point. Now, I can refer you at this point to a really wonderful book that has really taught me a lot about Crucial Conversations, and that is the book Crucial Conversations. You can find it on Amazon. It's by Patterson, Granny, McMillan, and Switzler. So please get that book and and read it in its entirety to get as much as you can from it to help you with these conversations. The martial arts teach us a little bit about how we deal with the difficulties of difficult, crucial conversations, so to speak. And we teaches us in a way that how we should start And how we should start, of course, is leading ourselves and taking care of ourselves to be ready for that type of conversation, to prepare ourselves for those conversations that matter. Well, it all begins with making sure that you really understand what's happening. Understand the truth. If someone's coming to you and telling you a story about what just happened, whether it be a trusted colleague, friend, or loved one, it's coming from their perspective. It's coming from their own individual framing. Even though they are very well intended, it may not clearly represent how you might see it or how the truth may really be represented. And don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting that you tell them, forget it, I don't want to listen to you. You thank them. You thank them for their perspective and you give them this type of response. Thank you so much for this information and your perspective. I'm going to look into this and investigate it, and I'll get back to you on what I think I got to do. It's not that you don't trust what they're saying. It's that you really need to look at it holistically. The martial arts teach us about this concept called the non-abiding mind, or the non-discriminating mind. And the ancients would teach us that we never, ever call it a tree until we step back and look at it in its entirety. We can't myopically focus on a leaf or a bark piece or a root and call it a beautiful tree. We have to look at it from different perspectives and different sides. The same goes with how we have a conversation that matters. We have to look at the information in front of us 
holistically. We have to look at it with a non-abiding mind. We got to get all the facts for ourselves. We have to talk to the principals and the people that were involved by ourselves to those people so we hear from them and we create our own image of what happened. And if we don't do that, it creates gaps in our understanding. And those gaps in understanding and gaps in getting all the information, as human beings, we fill them in with one of three narratives. Those bad narratives, the villain, victim, and helpless narratives that we've talked about in previous other episodes. So we don't want to have the villain, victim, and helpless narrative And we want to have all the information clearly derived from our own perspective and our own framing to get as close to the truth as we possibly can before we actually sit down and have that conversation. So prepare yourself first by having a non-abiding mind. Information about actually having the conversation, quite a bit of it comes from how a hostage negotiator may deal with the hostage taker. And they give us some interesting advice about how to look forward to that crucial conversation that they look forward to every day when they go to work, which is unbelievably difficult, as you might imagine. But they prepare themselves with three premises. The first premise is that they have to secure the perimeter. And nobody gets in, nobody gets out. Of course, that's all police talk and hostage negotiator talk for actually making the situation correct for the negotiation. For us, when we're having a conversation with someone that's really important and it's a tough conversation, we have to secure the perimeter. We have to have that conversation in the best possible safe environment. We want to have it in a quiet area where we can actually sit face-to-face with the other person and have a conversation eye-to-eye, not separated by a desk or any hierarchical type of schema, that might make it more difficult to relate in a safe environment, but just simply sitting front to front and looking each other eye to eye in a safe, communicative way. That's securing the perimeter. The second premise is to always speak directly to the hostage taker. Never use texting, never use email. If you can, You can use voice, which is a phone call, if you can't get face-to-face. But by far, the hostage negotiators really want to look at you face-to-face if they're negotiating with you. And that way, like our previous episode suggests, is that it gives us the context to understand what's really going on in the patient person's face, in their tone of voice, in their expressions. And you want to be able to share intent most readily. And that's having it eye-to-eye, face-to-face. So the hostage negotiator wants to have that face-to-face. So in our world, we want to avoid sending messages via email and texting and doing any electronic meets to have these important conversations because we lose all of that context. The third premise that our hostage negotiators will bring forth is to try to humanize the hostage taker. And what they mean by that is, is that you got to get your contextual type of communication aligned with your content. You got to get your brain aligned with your behavior. So if you believe that the hostage taker is a crazy lunatic taking hostages and you got to do whatever you can, just get them out and put them in jail, 
that's going to be written all over your face when you have that conversation to negotiate compromise to make sure that the hostages are released safely. So the hostage negotiator will say, do what you can to humanize them by giving them the benefit of the doubt. Recognize that they're another human being just like you. They may not have had all the same resources when you're growing up or loved ones taking care of them like you did. And instead of treating them with contempt and anger, treat them with compassion and begin to think of them in a compassionate way so that when you do have the conversation, that too is also written all over your face and that you're approaching them compassionately, both in actions and in content of the language. We also recognize that we can be easily perturbed and to have an emotion from other people. They can push that button and send us off the edge. In the martial arts, we call that the fight or flight simulation. It's the creation of our survival mechanisms. It's the reptilian brain or the primitive brain that was developed teleologically through generations of growth and development to help us protect ourselves against danger, like the saber-toothed tiger, for example. It teaches us to run and hide, and it changes our physiology. It gives us sweaty palms. It makes us get a dry mouth. It, it makes us breathe rapidly, and our heart rate palpitate in our chest. These are the fight-or-flight mechanisms, which, quite frankly, are survival mechanisms, and they keep you safe. But they also sneak in when you're having a conversation. When someone says something that make you emotional, these same things take over. And how do you keep yourself from going off the deep end? And in language, it may be something like being silent or clamming up completely and saying nothing, or violent, where you're screaming and hollering and using profanity and saying things that you regret. So in the martial arts, we train ourselves to think about how to move from that reptilian or primitive brain to a brain of the human being, which is problem solving. Six times seven, three times seven, four times four. Now, I just give you a series of multiplications and I didn't say, hey, I want you guys to solve this, but nevertheless, you just went ahead and did it. That's the human brain. The cortex of the human brain is there to just solve problems. It's there to look for problems and solve them. So to get your brain working as a human being instead of a reptile, you have to begin to ask yourself questions to perturb the problem-solving nature. And you might have even seen yourself do this at time to time. You might, might be in a difficult situation. And finally, you come to, okay, all right, let's, let's just talk about this sanely. And it's during that moment where you have that conversion of being angry to coming to a sigh of relief that you're going to fix it is when all of a sudden you shifted the blood flow to the cortex of the brain and you began to humanize yourself. These characteristics are really, really important when you're in the heat of the battle. Ask yourself some questions. Ask yourself these questions. And the question is like, what do you want out of this conversation for me? What do I want out of this conversation for the other person? And what do I want out of this conversation for us, our team, our enterprise? And your brain will go to solve them just like it did the multiplication tables. You don't really have to cognitively think about trying to solve the problems. You just have to ask the questions and your brain goes to work. And you begin to act like a human being and you get out of that fight or flight mechanism. So 
This lesson is really important to kind of get you ready for those difficult conversations. Understand about the non-abiding mind and non-discriminating mind and seeing everything for yourself. Uh, stay away from the, the difficult narratives of villain, victim, and helpless. Understand how a hostage negotiator might approach it by securing the perimeter and having the conversation in the right place. To have the conversation face-to-face so that you can gather all the context and make sure that your brain and thinking are at the right side by humanizing the hostage taker, giving them the benefit of the doubt, recognizing they're another human being. At the same time, humanize yourself by asking you those, those questions to get yourself back into problem-solving mode so you don't have the emotions drive the conversation. And then you're ready for that conversation that matters. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Inspire, Empower, and Enable. Life Lessons from the Dojo. We hope the information shared perturbs new thinking about finding fulfillment and harmony in your lives. We hope to inspire all people to live peaceful, compassionate lives. So feel free to share this podcast widely with members of your family, at work, and at school. If you find the information helpful, please subscribe so that Further episodes are sent your direction.